0: Going on to the Global Focus this evening as we get into the second hour of the SAFM viewpoint with me, Songhez of Phineas Lesejo, as well as Ntabi Seng. The Global watchers' focus this evening is Africa Climate Summit convenes. We are joined on the line by Senior Advisor on Climate Diplomacy and Geopolitics at the African Climate Foundation, Fatin Agat who's talking to us this evening about the summit and some of the issues surely it will be engaging for the United Nations Africa Climate Week convened this Monday in Libreville, Gabon with more than 1,000 participants gathering and sharing ideas on how to tackle the climate emergency as it intensifies throughout the continent with severe drought, raging floods, and extreme weather bearing down on Africa's 54 nations. The five-day meeting will focus on the major elements required to lessen the dangerous effects of rapidly changing climate. This, as the continent faces deadly drought, historic floods and extreme weather events, African politicians, civil society, as well as business leaders, will all voice calls for urgent action. With African countries at least responsible for the crisis, the continent is to pay for the highest of prices. We now speak to Fetan. Phaeton, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. It creates for sombre listening, that little introduction, more especially the kinds of impact it has in many African territories, more especially when there is already challenging or there are inherent challenges around to governance and the distribution of resources, where then in many African countries there is famine, climate change, and sort of the harsh patterns it has introduced makes all the more a coordinated impact and response to this phenomenon that much more of an emergency. Your thoughts on that?
1: No, absolutely. I think the, you said it well, we are um, historically Africa has been uh, has contributed very little uh, to emissions and therefore to the current um, uh, crisis and the current uh, situation. Um, and yet we're feeling um, most of the effect. I mean, in fact, um, some of our countries are among the hardest hit by the changing weather patterns um, from east to west to to the Sahara region, et cetera. Um, it's also having a quite a an impact also. On our own economies, um, we, uh, you know, despite the fact that we haven't contributed that much, we're, uh, on average, African countries are spending around 5% of their GDP uh, trying to respond to the impacts of climate change. And it's it's untenable, I almost want to say. Um, because I think there's there's a need to um, first uh, uh, be clear as to what uh, or, or who uh, um, got us so to speak in this in this situation. Um, and then as we look forward, um, uh, really place emphasis on, on on the fact that this requires a global coordinated uh, um, uh, solutions, that it requires, Um, Those who have historically benefited uh, from uh, uh, high emissions um, to also change their consumption patterns um, uh, and to also take action, um, because the the truth of the matter is that um, the COVID crisis hit African countries heavily um and 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 the the fiscal situation the economic situation in our countries is is, is um, does not allow us to um to respond to this uh, unilaterally um, and so the need for international cooperation in terms of action um but also in terms of support to the provision of solutions is critical
0: i mean some of the issues that are clearly going to be front and center in this conversations would be to build resilience against climate risk, economic resilience, infrastructure resilience, and governance resilience, really, and to sort of adopt the science behind what could be mitigating factors against the impact of climate change. It's happening, of course, but I think behavioral changes are very much important. There's a conversation about the transition to low emission economy where perhaps the conversation about fossil fuels now needs to be looked at squarely with renewables as an option and and exploring different options in terms of the provision of energy. We know that the energy consumption on the global is continuously in demand and of course engaging in meaningful partnerships to solve pressing challenges because I mean one cannot ignore the impact of climate change in global economies. At the same time, many of those economies are sustained, if you like, by the sorts of industries that perhaps contribute to the rapid decay in the environment. And climate change, of course, is not helping in that. So I think in part there are honest conversations that need to be made or had concessions necessarily made here and a global governance pact in line with the paris agreement if you like but in a very concerted way to have deliver deliverables much like the sdgs by a certain date this should have happened and more importantly some form of accountability for not honoring those deadlines i mean this is not just about us in fact if anything it's about the next generation who are not at the table but will inherit one hundred percent of the decisions and indecisions that are made now by those there.
1: Very much so. Um, I think. I think when when one looks at uh, you, you mentioned concessions, for instance, that need that need to be made, I think we also need to be clear that the concessions cannot be made at the cost of the majority of Africans again. (laughs) Um, Mm. If I take the the continent uh, as a whole, um, the question of, uh, even basic energy access. I think that issue in and, and even I mean if one takes South Africa, the stability of 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 of, of the grid even is you know is is an issue. Oh. Um, and, and and between north the, the northern part of the continent and the the southern part of the continent, we have a region that is the most energy poor region in the world. Um, And so I think any transition cannot cannot ignore that reality. But it's not just a matter of energy access. It's a matter of our resilience of our future economies to be able to provide jobs um to be able to yeah, allow us to 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 go into a a, a, a development uh, path uh, rather than uh, them be stuck and that and i think it it's there where this discussion of the concessions need to be positioned internationally uh, um, we 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 are at risk um, to, of, of of being basically left behind as 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 a continent um, because the you know different parts of the world are taking what is seen from their perspective as as climate action. So if I found to take the case, for instance, of the European Union. Mm-hmm. They're introducing a tax um, for imports, for instance, of of different products coming out of Africa. If I take South Africa being a, uh, you know, having uh, different sectors that are export dependent and export dependent on the European Union, um, the EU introducing that that carbon tax uh, will hit the South African economy heavily. Um, And the South African economy will be hit without necessarily being yet ready um, to cater for these new international uh, shifts um, and and new trade barriers, frankly. Um, And and, and South Africa, just one case. I mean, we will see this challenge across the African continent. Um, a country if i take mozambique for instance would lose around one percent of its gdp because of this carbon tax and so we cannot afford internationally to have regions or countries introducing such unilateral action that can you know just just deepen so to speak some of the challenges that we have um in terms of employment uh particularly um and in, what in some is of the position countries.
0: i mean if that is the position that the global north as it were is taking in, her, in their respo- respective responses to climate change, this is going to call, f- of course, for retaliation, and it should. The question is, what is the governance framework around the WTO in relation to the, the GATS and yep. the GATS? Surely these are, there are guidelines inherent there so as to prevent mm. these unilateral actions to which you speak. Because if only, I mean, if anything, it's just going to speak to the word of retaliation, which has to happen
1: absolutely and i think that is the risk that we run into i think if there's anything that we have learned from the COVID crisis and the whole Access to vaccines and how the WTO regulations were used to actually block some countries um, and and to 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 scale up the production of vaccines and mm-hmm. the fight that was led by South Africa at the time together with India. We know that at the level of the WTO, um, challenging some of this unilateral action, including by you know actors such as the EU, will be very difficult. And so, um, but I think it's 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 a, a discussion that needs to be had i think it's a challenge that will need to be put at the level of the wto by african countries because it's a disproportionate measure um for 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 for, for a situation that we haven't caused um we've contributed less than two percent of the emissions historically so i think we need to do that but i think it, it poses a bigger question in terms of the uh, sustainability of a multilateral uh, action uh, around climate uh, we have seen it previously with the trade uh, trade-related issues that we saw international processes stall and i think we are at a risk at the moment to actually see also um the whole climate debate stall and 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 that's a situation that we absolutely need uh, need to, to to avoid um and i think we have a responsibility and and, and a role certainly as, as an Africa, Africa group collective, because we will be hardest hit um, to, to try and mobilise. I mean, some of these issues that I highlighted um, affect different parts of, of the Global South generally. And i think they're building some of these alliances to challenge some of these uh, uh, shifts uh, is quite is quite important um and 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 challenge you know i mean you mentioned earlier for instance the question of, of fossil fuels um i i insist for be- be- before instance you, that,
0: be- before you elaborate yeah. on the challenge Um, offered by fossil fuels, I propose we take a mandatory ad break now so that I can give you a full opportunity not to break the fossil fuel question, which is still an important one economically, particularly North America and your more industrial nations. But that's exactly where the problem is, right? They are making the rules, and yet they are the ones who are contributing majorly to the very challenge that we are now in discussion about. After the break, we will continue, Fatin. We're talking all things Africa Climate Summit that convenes in the Africa Climate Week under the auspices of the United Nations. This is happening in Gabon, in Libreville, particularly with some 1,000 participants gathering to share ideas on how to tackle the next big frontier in global politics in On our show this evening as our guest is Ms. Fatin Agad, Senior Advisor on Climate Diplomacy and Geopolitics at the African Climate Foundation. So it's not just the science in which she is involved, but she absolutely has to have a very deft hand in engaging the politics of it all, and we're getting deep into it now when we're talking about fossil fuels and the challenges precipitated, if you like, by those who are still dependent in producing energy from fossil fuels your global north if you like who at the same time are part of the problem in relation to climate change given the fact that they are the biggest polluters from a production level if not from that production level certainly from a consumption level africa is nowhere near the levels at which some other developed and industrialized nations are in relation to carbon emissions or even consumption and yet seemingly from what you had said fatan africa will be bearing the brunt of all of these unilateral decisions if the example from europe is anything to go by import taxes on certain goods that have high carbon emissions but what about those who are in the space of fossil fuels making produce out of fossil fuels they don't seem to be at least from my limited research and understanding getting the kind of opprobrium to which you've made reference to and affecting heavily africa
1: I think when when we speak of this question it's it's very important to look where the consumption of these fossil fuels are uh, is um at least consumption of of Gas from from African economies, um, and they're about a third of them. I mean, let's remember that two thirds of the African continent is a consumer rather than a producer of fossil fuels, and 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 most of our production, with the exception of a couple of countries, is actually aimed at external uh, consumption. It's primarily for the European market, and shifting increasingly to to the Asian market, um, and so we cannot speak of, of uh, the uh, fossil fuel uh, uh, question, independently from where the demand is coming from. Absolutely. Um, and we have, um, certainly early this year, and that's in fact one of the issues, or one of the questions that came up in the course of the day today at the Africa Climate Week, to say, if to take... If one takes the case of the EU, and and I say that, um, you know, having having advised um, until early this year, uh, our countries and in their engagement with the European Union, um, the EU has been pushing very much for a uh, African countries uh, to, uh, uh, to to not invest in gas, um, and uh, Ukraine happened. Um, And it all changed. Uh, We see a scramble for African gas. Now the situation that countries are in is that investments have not been uh, forthcoming, they haven't been forthcoming for years. Um, And so the ability to scale up and replace Russian gas um, isn't there. And in fact, if we look at at, um, where most of, or or where the gap has, um, or who filled the gap that um, a reduction of imports from Russia uh, resulted in, it's the United States, Um, the the of U.S. LNG exports the, to the EU has increased uh, tremendously. Uh, I believe it's it's around 70% of the total U.S. exports now of uh, LNG go to uh, to the European Union. Um, and so, so there's um, so we need we need I think to be open and and, and speak of of the consumption pattern, speak of of the demand. Now, having said that, I think there's there's a this entire situation also presents a risk for African countries. So, why there is demand now that is short-term, driven primarily by a, a, a reactionary <laughs> position by the EU, this this all but Russia kind of uh, policy. Um, th- th- the fact is that investments in fossil fuels are drying out. Um, and so and, and, and those that are still coming, their questions on because the investments are uh, supported by primarily Western multinationals, that they might want to get their, their returns quicker um, and, and then pull out. Um, and so uh, combine that with the fact that we are seeing uh, a major reduction in, in investments, I think African countries need to. Think a bit more carefully about what to invest in um, and what to actually uh, let go. Um, but it's, does that it, it's not a pose question.
0: A conversation for a, a, a deeper dive into the work of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. I mean, of course, increased production in pursuit of trade opportunities under the AFCTFA will, will contribute inherently to greenhouse gas emissions, but. Precisely at that point, this is the opportunity in, in shaping the transition of African economies to green growth, climate mitigation and related adaption. Yeah. Also, to cushion the landing against these actions, these unilateral actions yeah. that are being taken by the global north, if, for instance, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement could really pave the way for regional african regional integration from trade and services perspective and make a continental shift towards the transition towards green growth then the conversation changes and changes very rapidly in terms of now how the balance of the world has to shape up as it were to participate in africa's trade and to access her resources
1: Absolutely, I can't agree more with that. Um, that and 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 let me give you yeah let me let me give you a few examples on on what that shift could concretely mean. Sure. Um, the first one is that you know we've been so focused um, on an export market uh, towards uh, you know outside of Africa that we've largely neglected our domestic market and the potential i mean if one looks at at, at the consumption that's um, uh, within africa it's it's growing and so we have an opportunity to uh, redirect our exports to a domestic a domestic environment, um, an intra-African environment, where we actually do have a possibility to even diversify what we do export. The most diversified exports that our countries have are those intra-African exports, not the extra-African one. The second one is that the um uh, the uh, you know Africa is rich. We have some of the critical minerals in that are record, many of the critical minerals required for the uh, the new technologies. and we have so far been primarily in export markets of those technologies um, of those uh, 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 resources. There is some experimentation at the moment um. Uh, around cobalt uh, that I think could be further facilitated uh, by the CFTA, Um, where we're looking at um, the use of some of Minerals for the production of solar panels, at least some components of the solar panels, uh, through a regional uh, a regional market. The solar panels and uh, uh, batteries um, uh, through a regional market within the SADC region. Um, it, Congo is one of uh, is is the world's largest producer. Uh, they've just entered into an agreement with Zambia for uh, initial processing of the cobalt, um, and 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 it's int- it would be interesting to link that with the South African Electric Vehicle uh, production discussion. Uh, and so I think what the CFTA offers us is a, uh, a, a the option to develop these regional Value chain development, um, and 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 then position as 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 a producer uh, rather than just an exporter of of natural resources. Now we could combine that, and and that's also a point that came up this morning. Mm-hmm. Several African countries have been. Uh, um, Exploring and and have the capacity to massively uh, produce green hydrogen. In particular, uh, we have in, in South Africa, our neighbour Namibia, has one of the main the largest potentials in the world for green uh, green hydrogen. Now, the with the reintroduction in and many uh, m- much of our uh, the international market that we had of of fossil fuel subsidies. Um, the competitiveness of green hydrogen production is has actually diluted, been diluted significantly in recent months. Um, and, and that creates a certain risk, frankly, for countries that are investing into green hydrogen development. And so we need, at least in the short term, so we need to try and mitigate that risk by ensuring that there is a, an uptake within the region uh, linked to these regional value chains Um, uh, particularly in industry uh, for the uptake of our hydrogen. And so by combining hydrogen uh, as as a, of, of electricity and, and, and a, a key enabler for the green industrialization, um, taking the power of the African free trade, uh, continental free trade area, um, and, and, and some of the um, uh, know how that we have, let's say, in, in, in the car manufacturing industry and the processing, etc. Um, I think it, it could be a very powerful proposition for the African continent um, and uh, different different regions in the African continent on which we can actually build a new economic model that is largely focused on how do we develop our economies based on our internal cooperation mm. rather than create a vulnerability by being primarily export, uh, uh, export-oriented economies.
0: Wow, wow. Um... I'm flabbergasted by the depth of the issues that you have unearthed. And certainly you're being very on top of these very issues, which are a serious challenge. But the more I hear the challenge within these issues, I actually do see opportunity. But, of course, final comment in one minute. Our biggest challenge to realizing all these things, to which you and I, I think, can generally agree, remain as opportunities for the continent, is harmonization of our political structures, isn't it? And that has tended to be one of the biggest stumbling blocks to Africa realizing her potential. How do we get our administration right at such a multilateral continental level? 30 seconds, one minute, please.
1: Yeah, I think our key challenge, um, and having worked quite a bit to try and harmonize African positions, our key challenge is that we do not always see the potential that our economies can offer. Uh, There's a certain um, tendency to go the easy fix which is uh, development aid resources but I strongly believe that those times are over Uh, and I think unless we uh, do it ourselves frankly nobody will do it. To the contrary I think in many ways uh, we're entering a, a you know a hostile situation um and not to be you know over dramatic but but i think there is a reality check that we have started seeing already at the time of covid the last couple of years that will and i think that trend of of um, uh, you know the shift uh, sure. internationally will remain there
0: okay let's leave it there on another day we'll probably have to go into the deeper issues that <laughs> you have teased me on but thank you so much for your perspectives Fettin, I really do appreciate it.
1: Thank that. you for having me.
0: Ms. Fetton agat Senior Advisor on Climate Diplomacy and Geopolitics at the African Climate Foundation, talking to us about some of the issues that are now being